TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Here it goes. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Party and party. Oh, yeah. Party and party. Oh, very excited. Fun, fun, fun. Looking forward to the weekend. You know, hey, welcome to Overnight America. This is the part on Thursday nights where Ryan gets so excited to hear Rebecca Black singing Friday song. And Ryan, I love you like a brother, man. I just I just can't get excited about the Friday song. So my comments reflect the level of my enthusiasm, which is far less than yours, my friend. Hey, it's Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. Thanks for staying up late with us this evening. And by the way, Ryan is filling in tomorrow on the Annie Fry Show uh, he'll be sitting in over on our sister station, 97.1 FM, from noon to 3. So make sure you tune in uh, to check him out tomorrow as he fills in uh, for Annie Fry. And again, speaking of FM, I mentioned this earlier, and listen, you know this. You're a longtime listener of Camo X. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we debuted a simulcast on 98.7. You can listen to KMOX both on AM or on FM. And on FM, that's where I've been listening to Camo X the last couple of weeks. It sounds just as good as it does when you when you live stream it or you play it over Alexa or whatever kind of uh, streaming device you have. Uh, it sounds great on 98.7. So check that out if you haven't already done so. <clears throat> hey, one of the stories I want to get to here uh, before we run out of time this evening, <clears throat> and to me this is very interesting. I'm going to get in. Uh, uh, our producer here, Mike Anderson's uh, opinion on this. But a year after France entered their lockdown, a small group of volunteers, well, they've kind of embarked, I guess, on their own self-imposed lockdown because for the next 40 days, they just went into this on Sunday, for 40 days, this group of seven men, seven women, they're aged 27 to 50, they're going to spend 40 days in a cavern underground without any phones, no watches, no communication devices, 
They're in pitch black in the bottom of a cave in the Pyrenees Mountains uh, in France. So um, I've been down in a cave before, and you're you're completely disoriented. It's 100% blackness, but they're not going to have any watches or phones or anything. So so I'm going to pull Mike in. Mike, would you go – first of all, have you ever been in a cave? Um, I've been – I don't know, not deep, deep into caves. I've walked into caves, but not to the point where you're, you know, crawling and uh, getting real deep into one. Mm-hmm. And but it was it was enough where there wasn't sunlight still coming in. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Right. So you've experienced that sense of disorientation where it's completely black. It's hard to tell which way is up or down or right or left. You're just in total darkness and seclusion. Yeah, and then getting to the end of the tunnel where you think you can crawl to keep going, but you don't want to because it's too claustrophobic. Exactly. So would you do this? Would you go down in a cave for with no cell phone, no watch? You wouldn't have any idea of the time. Now, you do get your own personal tent, so you get some degree of privacy, but you're not going to know what time it is. You're not going to be able to communicate with anyone, and they're doing this for the purpose of testing how people operate in isolation to study the psychological effects when we eventually go to Mars, where people have to be there for long stretches of time. But but would you go down in a cave like that for so, that long? So it sounds like, are you allowed to bring flashlights or lanterns or yeah, a you headlamp? Don't have to, yeah, you wouldn't be sitting in the dark for 40 days. Okay. You would have light. Uh, you would have food. You would have facilities. So, so some technology is allowed, just right. not, not your phone, as you were saying. Right. Because one of the things is because if you're on Mars— you see, the time is different than it is on Earth, so they're trying to test how people operate in an environment without our so-called circadian rhythms. We're, you know, because we know what time it is, we can look outside, ah. we see it's daylight, we know it's daytime, the sun goes down, it's time to go to sleep, uh, those kinds of things. So they're getting r- away from that to test the psychological effects. Do you think that would affect you? How would you work in that environment? Well, as someone that's worked nights for about a decade now, <laughs> I think I would be a great uh, a great test exhibit for uh, this experiment. I I would try it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not skilled in the craft of um, you know surviving, right? So I would need help. You know, someone would maybe have to pack my backpack for me with well, sure, uh, they're gonna, what, they're- whatever and. I need to survive, but they're 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 giving plenty of food. It's not like you've got to you know kill cockroaches and eat bats right. to survive for the for those forty days. I mean, you get fed, but the whole point is the psychological aspect of being cut off from sun, cut off from time, cut off from your circadian rhythm, and in a closed environment with you know seven or, or thirteen people you don't know, uh, and you got to get along with them like you would if you were in a base on Mars. Yeah, I think I would give it a shot. I would think uh, a lot of people in radio would agree that um, we sometimes have de- developed our own unique skill of dodging sleep and being able to work <laughs> at any time of the day or night. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I would, you know, if the reward's handsome enough in that situation that they asked me to do it, I'd, I'd give it a shot. Well, I'm sure there's some payola here. I mean, it doesn't say, but uh, I'm sure they're getting paid. They're not going to go down there if they're not getting paid. But, but you know, I've talked to folks who, who would look at this as a living hell because they couldn't be without their phones for 40 days, much less be without sunlight for 40 days, not know if it's day or night for 40 days. Um, so, but, but for you, not a problem. Uh, the sunlight, you know, I don't know. I've never done it, so who knows how it goes. But no, the phone, I would not worry about. Communicating with people, 
40 days, no, I would not worry about that. No, no, I wouldn't either. I agree. Although if it would depend on if it were baseball, uh, playoff season, I might have a problem with that. <laughs> but as long as it's not... If, if we could schedule it around the next pandemic, that'd exactly. be fine. <laughs> exactly. Or schedule it to make sure it doesn't you know, interfere with uh, any playoffs. I could, go, I could do that. But uh, if it interfered with... Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, I would have to uh, to veto that. But uh, um, anyway, for some folks, this would be extremely scary because of the psychological effects, but not for rock-solid Mike Anderson. Hey, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk to Ray McCarty. He's president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. And we're going to talk to him about reopening our economy from a business perspective, not a not a politician's perspective, but a business person's perspective on how we can move forward in the state of Missouri. You're going to want to listen to this interview. Uh, and so stick around. X Overnight America. We'll be right back. Don't just listen to the news. React to it. We are the voice of St. Louis. Everyone is welcome. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. Hey, thanks for staying up with us after the game. Uh, we're going to have all kinds of fun tonight. Lots of issues uh, to talk about. And, you know, I kind of mentioned this before the break, but we only hear from politicians about what's necessary to jumpstart the economy. But I can't think of any politicians that have ever created jobs because politicians don't create jobs. Employers do. So what role... Uh, you know, what role does industry have in terms of jumpstarting the economy? So in order to get the perspective on that, I wanted to invite in Ray McCarty. He's the president and CEO uh, of Associated Industries of Missouri, and uh, which is actually Missouri's oldest general business trade association. Hey, Ray, welcome to KMOX. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Thanks for making time for us this evening, uh, because, you know, as I mentioned, we just hear from politicians about what do we got to do to create all of these jobs. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like going to a guy and saying, you know, what needs do women have? I mean, guys aren't going to know that. And so so in order to actually get the scoop on what we've got to do and what role, uh, uh, what role Associated Industries of Missouri can play in our state, I wanted to talk to you. What do you think we need to do right now uh, to get people back to work now that we're emerging from the pandemic? You know, the, the thing, and, and thanks for having us on, we appreciate it. Um, you know, back when the pandemic first hit, we, were, we stood with uh, Governor Parson as he, uh, you know, initially shut everything down and we had essential businesses operating only. And, you know, we understood that at the time it, it, that virus was something nobody had seen and we were being told, you know, how deadly it was. And so everyone was just trying to make sure everybody was protected. I think as time went on and we've, we've become more comfortable with wearing masks and social distancing and things like that, businesses are finding their way back. Uh, in the areas that they've been allowed to reopen. Uh, here in Cole County in central Missouri, where I'm located, uh, we really didn't have any extra shutdowns. We had just the state shutdown, and that was it. Uh, so it didn't last very long. Um, and the governor, we think rightfully so, kind of left it up to local authorities because they are closer to the people to make decisions in their own areas. Mm-hmm. Part of that was because there are different needs in different parts of the state. Uh, unfortunately, what we saw is perhaps maybe some of those local officials 
uh, you know, use this in a, in a little bit different way, and maybe they uh, weren't so sensitive to the needs of the business community, uh, but, you know, really erring on the side of protecting public health, which we all understand. Uh, but in the process of doing that, there were many different opinions on when businesses should reopen, what types of reopening uh, guidelines they should be under, and even um, here within just 30 miles in the city of Columbia, they treated it completely differently than we did here in the, in the city of Jefferson City. And, of course, being the seat of government, we have people coming in from all over the state to sure. serve in our legislature. So, um, But we, we were pretty much open the whole time. The restaurants did do um, some, you know, the restaurants were shut down longer, and they had to do some creative things with curbside service and all of that for a while. But um, they came back pretty quickly as well and had more limited seating uh, but it was they were still open, and in Columbia they they took it a little further. So, and I know in St. Louis area they they took it a lot further. Yeah, um, we'll so. get into that in just a moment. But overall, on a trajectory, we're we're on, we're on the upward slope right now, aren't we? We are, and you know the only thing really holding us back. I saw a very clever cartoon the other day where the uh, unemployment line was backed up, you know, to the street, and the help wanted sign was right next to it, and there was nobody in that line. I think that's part of our problem right now. Um, the federal government keeps coming in to help, and unfortunately, I think it's hurting a little bit because they're extending, they extended those uh, federal unemployment benefits, the, the pandemic benefits, um, even longer. So now, it, you know, it's that much more of a disincentive to get people mm-hmm. back to work, and believe me, employers have a lot of jobs open right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I represent employers in employment law situations across Missouri and even in Illinois, and I hear from employers all the time. In fact, I heard from some just today uh, that they're desperate for employees to come and work, uh, and yet they can't find employees that'll come because if you can stay home and, uh, you know, watch Oprah and get paid, it's kind of hard to get people to get them off the couch if they're getting paid to stay there. Well, and then you you have maybe the added expense of daycare and other things. By the time you factor all those things in, it does provide more of an incentive to stay on the couch. And um, I know of one one town in in, uh, central southern Missouri, I went there for an event, and I was talking with some of the employers there, and there were several major employers in that area that all had openings, and they didn't have a single application. Wow. And this is not a a super small town. so it, it's you know it's a sign of the times. I don't know how we're going to get out of this once people start getting used to entitlements. It's very mm-hmm. hard to take them away. Yeah. But I know the business community is trying their best to get back safely. Most businesses are are back and and running again um, in most areas of the state. Uh, the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, took a big hit. Uh, travel, air travel, those those types of businesses will be a lot. Um, probably have a lot longer comeback than than others, but uh, we're starting to see some recovery. And I think if the maybe if the federal government would get out of the way a little bit, maybe we would uh, see it a little quicker. I yeah, think. that's true in a lot of areas. We're, we're talking to Ray McCarty. He's the president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. And Ray, just this week, uh, Florida Governor DeSantis signed into law a COVID shield liability bill that essentially protects businesses from being sued due to alleged COVID exposure. You know, somebody shopping at Walmart, we've seen some big cases, like, for example, in Illinois that have been filed uh, for where someone gets COVID. They allege they got it at a store or a retail facility, and, of course, then they they, they get lawyered up and, uh, and file a lawsuit. 
you think Missouri should follow Florida's example? Well, yes, and, and thanks for that. Uh, we have been working on this since uh, summer, actually, uh, trying to get language that we believe we can pass. We've got a bill through the Senate now, and uh, it's in the House. And as will happen with most bills in the General Assembly, I've, this is my 32nd year of, of working with the General Assembly. This is the time of year when they start horse trading, right? So um, <laughs> they have uh, a, a good Senate bill has made it out of the Senate. It's in the House. Uh, the House has their own ideas, but really I think it's more just, uh, you know, the typical politics this time of year, trying to see what's going to pass. Will the Senate pass some House bills? Will the House pass some Senate bills and and try to get it done? Now, we have a pretty strong COVID liability protection bill that we've crafted. Um, There are some, you know, it's not as strong as we would like, uh, but... But what essentially does it do, Ray? Let's, in case folks aren't familiar with it, what essentially uh, would this bill do for Missouri businesses? Sure. So there are several different parts. There's a part that protects healthcare providers that are providing health care uh, from being sued if they and all of this is predicated on the the uh, requirement that the business owner or whoever the actor is is taking you know reasonable precautions and uh, if they're not then you know they may still be liable but if they're taking reasonable precautions mm-hmm. and they're not um, acting outside of what normal people would think would be normal um, then you know they're going to get some protection they, second. Uh, part of it is for product liability. So people that are producing PPE, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a, a call from the governor the Sunday after the uh, the shutdown, and he said, look, we need to find some manufacturers to start making PPE. We, we know that these ships are coming into the, the coasts, and the coasts are keeping all of the PPE. Sure. And so we need to try to find a way to generate it here in, in Missouri. And we got a bunch of manufacturers to change what they were doing. We had furniture manufacturers that were making gowns. Wow. Excellent. You know, it, it was great. And uh, they all jumped in and did that. But now they're concerned about liability. And uh, will someone who wore one of those pieces of PPE sue them? And so this bill would say that they wouldn't be sued unless they were grossly negligent. But and even, the, the, the but even on the, is, but hang on just a second, Ray, but even on back with the retail situation, we're going to have to take a break here in just a second. Sure. But uh, uh, back on the retail part, if a, if a company uh, is negligent uh, with regard to CDC guidelines, they're not going to get protection. In other words, this bill isn't going to protect sloppy businesses, is it? That's correct. And, you know, places like Walmart and, and places like that that have tried to take steps and they've, they've got social distancing uh, signs up and they tell you to wear a mask, you know, those, those are the types of things that can protect, protect an employer and should. Um, if someone is just, you know, has a blatant disregard for the health of people and, um, you know, they're not going to be protected with this bill. Got it. Hey, can you hang on through the break? Because I've got some more questions for you. Uh, Because to me, this is fascinating. I would much rather hear from you, someone who's got your finger on the pulse of business and manufacturing in Missouri, far more than a politician sitting in Washington trying to tell us what to do. So if you can hang on through the break, we're talking to Ray McCarty, President and CEO of Associated Industries. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on getting Missourians back to work. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker on Overnight America. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. 
music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Keep pace with the latest locally. Ask your smart speaker to play KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker tonight, and we are talking to Ray McCarty, President and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. If you've never heard of Associated Industries, uh, they are literally the oldest business trade association in Missouri. So you might want to check into them because they do a lot of great work. I know from personal experience, they do a lot of great work uh, literally all across Missouri. So, Ray, thanks for hanging with us through the break. Well, thank you very much, Brad. We appreciate it. You know, we, we kind of touched on it before the break, but uh, uh, as far as the differences, some of the differences between mid-Missouri and, and St. Louis when it came to business closure procedures, and, and St. Louis County had, at least in my opinion, the most draconian business closure procedures in the state of Missouri. I mean, what impact do you believe this had on the St. Louis region compared to maybe other parts of Missouri that that just had far less restrictive lockdown procedures? You know, I think intuitively we know it had a huge impact. I know here just for the short time we were shut down, um, it's very difficult for a business. You know, you, you plan your business based on being open and being able to sell things or uh, have customers come in and, and eat or, you know, it, you base your business plans around that. And uh, for many businesses, that wasn't an option because they were shut down. They weren't able to to generate income, and so it, it has been it has been very tricky in those areas of the state that you know have had these extended lockdown orders. And in fact, we've seen some legislative responses to that as well. We've seen some legislators that have come up with ideas uh, ranging from. Uh, just limiting the the length of time that local governments can be shut down by uh, local officials uh, to even offering either exemptions for property taxes that otherwise would have been paid while they were shut down um, or credit you know income tax credit for mm-hmm. property taxes that were that should have uh, you know that were paid I guess while they were shut down that's just you know it it seems illogical that you should tax a business. Um, you know, on property taxes when you've told them they can't operate and, and make a living. Yeah, it so. certainly it certainly is contradictory, and and uh, uh, and I know that one of the bills that was uh, filed to limit, particularly uh, the county executive's ability to to institute these sort of uh, health and safety lockdown procedures on a long term basis. One of those bills didn't make it through the Senate this week, but I also know that there's several other bills moving. So I'm going to be keeping a close track on that. Uh, one, yes, I want to. I want to. Quite a few, actually. There were a bunch on the House side as well, and yep. those have made it over. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens these last six weeks of, of session. It will be, and we haven't seen the last of that, as you've pointed out. One of the questions 
that employers ask me on a regular basis. Again, all I do is represent employers. Uh, can I or should I, this is the question I get from a lot of employers, can I or should I impose a vaccination requirement on my workforce? Now, I'm not going to get into the legalities of it with you, but what do you think about in terms of employers in general? Is that a good idea? Do you think employers should require vaccinations or just encourage them? What are your thoughts on that, Ray? You know, I think, and, and thank you for uh, defending employers. We appreciate it, and we appreciate your skill in that area. I um, mean, I really should be asking you that question, I guess, as to what they can do. Um, most employers, I think, are very happy with recommending that their employees get vaccinated. There may be some industries where it becomes more important, maybe in the healthcare industry. I think some of those are, are a little more assertive about that with their employees. But for the most part, employers are going to be requesting that their employees get vaccinated or uh, letting it be completely up to them. Um, and I think maybe the trade-off is if they've had the vaccination, then maybe they don't have to wear the mask or, you know, maybe they have a, a little different uh, job role where they can be around uh, more people. Uh, but I think encouraging is the way to go from everybody that everybody that's looked at this that we've been able to find. We've had webinars on it as well. And I think that's the general consensus is that it's it's good to encourage and the law is still not really clear. I don't think it is. You could tell me differently. Um, but I don't think the law is really super clear on what an employer can and cannot do because we haven't really seen a situation like this. No, we at least not in my lifetime. One of my law partners is in his 70s, and so I always ask him, you know, what was it like in uh, 1917 when we had the uh, uh, the Spanish flu pandemic in 1917? And, you know, he throws something at me. So, uh, yeah. but no, but we haven't, we haven't, we haven't seen that. But one of the things we are seeing, and of course, we're talking to to uh, Ray McCarty, president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. One of the things we are seeing here, Ray, which to me is outrageous, is the city earnings tax in the city of St. Louis. You know, St. Louis has announced that it's uh, for some reason that boggles the mind uh, that they're going to apply the earnings tax to workers who've been working from home during the past year. I mean, even though and even if their home is outside of the city limits uh, and a lawsuit has been filed uh, just this past week in federal court seeking class action status, and we'll certainly see how that works through uh, the court system. But what are your thoughts on the, on the city of St. Louis charging the 1% earnings tax on workers who were working from home during the pandemic? Well, you know, you set that up perfectly. It's just plain wrong, and I don't think they have the authority to do that. Um, our members, we have a 200-member a tax committee made up of businesses all over the state, and a, a significant portion are in the St. Louis area, and, and another significant portion are in the Kansas City area. Kansas City handled this very differently. Kansas City uh, went on and allowed the refunds for the, the earnings taxes for people that were working from home that were not um, living within the city limits of Kansas City. Um, but St. Louis did the exact opposite, and we uh, we started early on with the collector's office asking them about it, you know, in, informally. Um, every indication we've always had from them is they had no in no inclination to give any of that money back, and it's just wrong. I mean, the the earnings tax is supposed to be imposed on activities within the city. And so they, they get the non-residents on that when they come in and work at a place in the city um, that, you know, then is subject to the earnings tax. But when the mayor and other government officials are telling employees to work from home and encouraging them to work from home, 
and that home may not even be in the state of Missouri, maybe in Illinois, maybe in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but they're telling them to work from home. They're completely outside the city limits. That that money's not being earned there. There's absolutely no reason for the city of St. Louis to be able to impose their earnings tax on those on those uh, transactions and, and on that money. Um, of course, then it becomes a, a, a financial issue, and so they say, "Well, we need the money." Well, you know, we all need money, um, but when it comes down to it. Should you uh, be able to do something illegal to get that money? And I think most city officials would say, no, we don't endorse, you know, other types of crimes. So, uh, but I, I, we just, I really have looked at this a bunch of different ways, and there's no way under the city charter or under the authority that they've been given that they have the right to do that, uh, to tax money that's earned outside their borders. Yeah, so, this really makes me upset, Ray, for two reasons. You know, my law firm was it was downtown St. Louis. I was at 7th and Washington for 20 over 20 years. Uh, and so I paid my 1% earnings tax, never minded it because the the rationale, Ray, the concept was this that if you're even if you don't live in the city, if you're working in the city, you've got the you're using the roads in the city. You're utilizing the protection of the St. Louis Police Department. And of course today the question is, you know, does anybody really get protected by the St. Louis Police Department? But at least uh, ostensibly you do. You you get the protection of the fire department. You get the you get the benefits of the of the water and the sewage and all the things that go in the city. And so by working there and so I, I never minded paying that 1% earnings tax. But if I'm working from home, I'm not receiving any of those services. You know, if I'm working in Chesterfield or in South County or in St. Charles, I'm not being protected by the St. Louis Police Department. So the rationale to forcibly extract money from my wallet when I'm not even working in a city, to me, is basically legalized theft. And it's to me, it's outrageous that the city can take this position just because they, they're saying, well, you know what, we need the money. Well, you know, you're, you're exactly right, and we feel the same way. Uh, Senator Andrew Koenig has filed Senate Bill 604. Um, he, his committee, uh, uh, he's the chair of the Ways and Means Committee in the Senate side. They voted that bill out today. I know you mentioned the lawsuit that's been filed. Mark Milton uh, testified on the bill a week ago. Um, so that bill's kind of fast-tracked now, trying to get something done. It's just sad that they even have to try to take those types of steps. You would think the local officials would understand that, you know, what their limitations are and try to live within their the, the means of, you know, let's face it, it wasn't a great year for anybody, no. and certainly not for businesses. Um, and the last thing that the employees and the businesses, you know, need is an extra tax that really isn't due. Well, we, you know, we've been talking to Ray McCarty. He's the president and CEO of Associated Industries of Missouri. And, Ray, I just want to thank you for taking time out this evening to talk to us, not like a politician, uh, but talk to us as someone who's in the trenches with Missouri businesses trying to promote economic activity. And, and if folks want more information on Associated Industries of Missouri, how can they reach out to you? They can, they can go to our website at AIMO.com. AIMO.com will get you there. And uh, there's lots more information about us and who we are and, and some of the actions that we take. We generally represent businesses in the Missouri capital, um, but we can help with you know problems with state agencies as well. So thanks, Brad, so much for having us on. We really appreciate it. Ray, great talking to you, and I'll check in with you uh, next time I'm on to see how things are going. But it's great to chat with you this evening. Same here. Thanks very much. 
Hey, before we go to a break, we've had uh, we've had a person call and uh, has been on hold during the during the interview, and I want to get to this. Hey, Dennis, welcome to KMOX. Thanks, Brad. Um, I've been listening to your conversations about the city situation. Yes. What are you recommending to folks who uh, are filing the uh, E1R form? Well, you're talking about that. That's the form, as I recall. You're you're the CPA, not me. But as I recall, that's the form that you file when you file when you have to pay a city earnings tax and you're asking for a refund. Is that right? That is correct. Based on days worked outside of the city. Exactly. My recommendation, at least from what I've seen, is this. Uh, I'm recommending that folks ask for a refund for all of the time that they worked from home during the pandemic. And here's why. The, the lawsuit that's been filed by Beavis Shock is going to be certified for class action status. I'm certain of that. And once that happens, the folks who file that particular form that you mentioned and are asking for a refund and they're denied a refund, at that point, they would be entitled to be part of that class action lawsuit, which if it is successful, those folks would be entitled to some degree of a refund. You know, it would depend on what's either the settlement that's reached or a verdict that's reached. But folks would be entitled to some type of refund. But if they don't ask for the refund, then arguably they would would probably not be included in the class if they don't request that refund. How long do you have to file this form? You know that? I couldn't tell you. I'd have to ask for someone. Do you have to check with a CPA such as yourself or a, a tax attorney? I don't know the time that's filed or rather the time limit for filing those forms. I just know that they need to be filed to the point where you're requesting a refund so that you can be a part of that class action lawsuit. Gotcha. Thank you very much. All right. You are welcome. Hey, thanks for calling in this evening. Sure thing. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, when we come back from this break, we're going to hear from Kevin Colleen on Kong versus Godzilla. You don't want to miss this on Overnight America KMOX. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Hey, welcome back to Overnight America. Hey, have you gone back to see any movies yet? I did. I, I saw a movie, The The Courier, uh, with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I saw it. Fantastic movie. It's a great movie. And anything that Cumberbatch, that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in, I'll watch it. He's great. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. But we're starting to kind of get back to see movies now. And so that's the first one that I've seen since, you know, some of the classic movies, some of the theaters, particularly B&B. And uh, I think it was primarily B&B was playing. They were playing uh, classic movies during the pandemic when they started to reopen. But now the new movies are just now starting to come out. And uh, one of the movies that everybody's talking about right now is Kong versus Godzilla, which is interesting because... It's going to be at the theaters, and it's going to be released on HBO Max at the same time. So that seems to me like the kind of movie you want to see on the big screen. That's probably where I'm going to see it. But, uh, you know, no one, no one has a take on anything particularly like Godzilla better than our own Kevin Colleen. Here's Kevin Colleen on Kong versus Godzilla. We need Kong. The world needs him. KMOX executive producer Dave Klein is the first in our office to see the big movie King Kong vs. Godzilla. What does he think? Eh, it was very, very eh. 
if I can say so. Nope. That's millions of dollars worth of special effects. Yeah, it didn't really do anything for me. I, I, I watched the first 30 or 40 minutes last night, and I kind of fell asleep. I, mean, I don't know if it was the, the melatonin talking to me, but uh, it was just it was just very boring. This is a, a spectacle, though, where King Kong, he's a lot taller than usual. He's usually like 20 feet tall, but in this movie... Oh, he's probably, God, it seems like 200 feet tall. Did they account for his growth spurt? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> they never really mentioned that. And they go to like different universes, and it's it's just weird. And then, uh, from what I see in the trailer, Godzilla is coming toward the city. You can see his fins in front of New York, and they say we need Kong. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. It was it was just weird. So you haven't seen the ending? No, I I need to give it another fair shake tonight. Just uh, forty minutes in, I, I wanted to see the monsters fight each other, but uh, so far, really nothing. You have young children? I do. What do they think of it? I I would not show them the movie because I think they would have nightmares. They're only four years old and two years old. So. you got to start them sometime. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to start them on uh, probably something a lot less scarier than uh, like, like The Grinch first. There have been a, a series of someone versus someone or something versus something movies like Alien versus Predator. Sure. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I have, yeah. So you're attracted to the genre? I am, yeah. I just I want to see the things fight. I don't really care about the whole backstory. I just want to th- see the things fight each other. Yeah. Well, what's lacking in the fighting so far? Well, I haven't seen any of it. Oh, too much buildup? Yeah. 40 minutes in, there's too too much character development of people I don't really care about. I want to see the monsters fighting each you other. I just want to see the monkey and the lizard go at it. Absolutely. That's what people are paying money for. We don't yet know how this movie ends. Will King Kong defeat Godzilla, or will Dave Klein fall asleep on the couch again and miss the whole thing? With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. How can you, Dave, how can you fall asleep during Kong versus Godzilla? You know, it reminds me when I was a kid, uh, my dad wanted to see Top Gun. And so my dad and I go see Top Gun. And you know Top Gun. Everybody's seen Top Gun, right? So we're in the theater. We're watching Top Gun. Jets are flying. Missiles are exploding. There's attractive women on the screen. There's motorcycles going all over the place. And my dad falls asleep during Top Gun at the theater. And so he's like snoring in the theater while we're watching this fantastic high-octane movie. And so at the end of the movie, I wake him up and I said, Dad, how can you fall asleep during Top Gun? And he paused for a moment and he said, well, it looks like I paid about four bucks for a hotel room and that ain't bad. And uh, and that was his take on it. But I don't know how you could fall asleep on Kong versus Godzilla. To me, it's kind of like falling asleep during Top Gun. You know, I just realized the other movie that I saw uh, about two weeks ago was Chaos Walking. And this is the most bizarre. It's a science fiction Western. I mean, it takes place on another planet, but they're wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats and they're riding horses. And really, literally the only reason we went to see it is because my 18-year-old daughter wanted to see Tom Holland without a shirt on. That's truly the only reason we went to see that movie. But I'm just glad that the movies are back. 
And uh, listen, tomorrow, noon to 3, make sure you listen, if you can, over on our sister station, 97.1, because Ryan Recker will be over there filling in on the Annie Fry Show. That's noon to 3 on 97.1. And for the next two hours this evening will be replays from tonight. So thanks for hanging with us this evening on Overnight America. Hope you enjoyed it, and I hope I see you soon. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.